Get Mad with Chris Graves. Hi, welcome to Get Mad with yours truly. I am Christoph Graves. Tonight we're going to be talking about something that's a little more fun than the usual, you know, misery that we have to hear about every day, the Mandela effect. And uh, full disclosure, I don't know what to make of the Mandela effect, but we'll get into that. Uh, I'm going to take phone calls. I'm going to dare to. That's 319-527-5016. And just one more time for my mumbling, mumbling and bumbling. It's 319-527-5016. And here's an introduction to the Mandela Effect. Let's start with this. Here are some popular logos. Your job is to pick the one that you think is correct. Here, which one of these two Looney Tunes logos do you remember? Well, this is the actual logo. And no, Looney Tunes did not undergo a rebrand. It's always been Looney Tunes. Here's another one for you. Which one of these Kit Kat logos do you remember? This is the actual one. And Kit Kat 2 did not undergo a rebrand. If you're convinced otherwise, you're not alone. You're experiencing the Mandela effect. Let's try and solve this mystery for you. Here's a question for you. When did Nelson Mandela die? It was in the year 2013. But just in case you thought he died in prison sometime in the 1980s, you're not alone. Many people swear they remember the tragedy in which Nelson Mandela died in a South African prison. And this may be confusing, but that is simply not true. This is what you call the Mandela Effect. It's a situation where a large number of people remember events occurring a certain way when in reality, it simply did not happen. Now you may be wondering, how is that unusual? People are susceptible to information bias. People get things wrong all the time. What's truly shocking about the Mandela Effect is how such a large group of people, they all remember having the same experience. Now the Mandela Effect has sparked various conspiracy theories. Many believe it's a result of time travel, making tiny changes in the past, altering our present reality. Some point the finger at the Illuminati. Some say the deep state is trying to alter people's memories. Then some say that we may have at some point entered an alternate universe. We don't want to tell you what to believe. But at the core of it, Mandela Effect is just collective false memory. But how does that happen? Some experts say it's a result of confabulation. That's when you create a false memory. No, not intentionally or to deceive people, simply because your brain is trying to fill in the gaps here. Others say some people's recall of a certain event, it's simply not accurate. For example, of course you've heard of the hit show Sex and the City. Only many people, and we mean many, swear that it was sex in the city. And things only got more confusing when a fan of the show released pictures of an old merch box with sex in the city written on it. So did the merch producers experience the Mandela effect as well? Or was this just a mass production error that no one noticed until now? And it's that, this shared false memory with such a large group of people that makes the Mandela effect such a baffling phenomenon. And that was an overview uh, of the Mandela effect, and she perhaps was a lot more clear and concise than I ever could be, especially in my current oral situation. Well, I'll get into that some other day, perhaps on Valentine's Day. 
But anyway, yeah, call in if you can or if you want to, and let's talk about some weird, crazy Mandela effect experiences you may have experienced or perhaps not, and you just remember it differently. But anyway, let's get into the Mandela effect. Okay. Most people think it's just, you know, a collective false memory, like a mass hysteria. But basically, it was a new phenomenon that kind of popped up in about 10 years ago. And I have the, I have like a thousand tabs open on my laptop. And of course, like a jackass, I can't find it now. But anyway, here's some, uh, the term Mandela effect was first coined in 2009 by Fiona Broom, who I've tried to book for an interview. And apparently the thing that she's most famous for, she doesn't like to talk about anymore. So I don't know that interview perhaps would be about five minutes. So I don't know how engaging that would be. But anyway, Fiona Broom coined this term in 2009 when she created a website to detail her observance of the phenomenon. Broom was at a conference talking with other people about how she remembered the tragedy of former South African President Nelson Mandela's death in a South African prison in the 1980s. And apparently millions of other people remember seeing this on CNN, on cable news back in the 1980s as well. However, Nelson Mandela did not die in the 1980s in a prison. He passed away in 2013. And as Broom began to talk to other people about her, her memories, she learned that she was not alone, not by a long shot. Others remembered seeing news coverage of his death as well as a speech by his widow. Broom was shocked that such a large mass of people could remember the same identical event in such detail when it never happened. Encouraged by her book publisher, she began her website to discuss what she called the Mandela Effect and other incidents like it. Now, I'll tell you, the thing that got me into the Mandela Effect, just this whole idea of remembering things differently, was the famous photograph of the Tiananmen Square massacre, where you saw one lone student out in front of a tank. And I actually mentioned this to my friend TJ, who uh, who actually passed away a couple of years ago. And he came up with the same memory that I had. I remember seeing footage of the tank running over this this poor soul. But when I go when I went to look into the uh, the incident. Apparently, he, you know, escaped into the crowd and was never seen or heard from ever again. And I could have sworn that, um, not me, but other people that I, I would talk to would swear that he did an interview with Oprah Winfrey at, at one point. But that doesn't make any sense because I'm sure he would have never been allowed to leave the country alive, you know, in 1989. But... I wasn't alone in that, that in remembering seeing footage, gory footage of this guy being run over by the tank, you know, that the famous picture comes from. Now, I don't know what that means. I most likely it is just, you know, a collective unconscious kind of deal, in my opinion. But other people have other theories like quantum physics being involved. Um 
alternate realities and parallel universes, uh, our doppelgangers sharing memories with us from their plane of existence. You know, a lot of fodder for good sci-fi, in my opinion. So I started writing different songs and stories based on it and, and everything. But that, you know, the concept of alternate realities and doppelgangers, that's nothing new. But the idea that all these, this collective bunch of, you know, this whole collective of large numbers of people remembering these things, it was fascinating to me, even if it was just like a social experiment. And I'll tell you, I went, not to name drop, but I appeared a couple of months ago on uh, Sam Tripoli's Tinfoil Hat show on Rockfin. And he was actually, he was the first person to make me think about this in a different way than, you know, false memories or, you know, entanglement with other, you know, your doppelganger on in other realities, things like that. Doctor Strange kind of stuff. He made me start to think right there on the air. He brought up the idea that could possibly be some kind of a, uh, you know, psychological operation of some sort, you know, like a new false memory syndrome type deal, you know, which, by the way, folks, was not a real syndrome. And I can't stress that enough. But it made me think just by talking to him about the Mandela effect for a little while. That could it be some kind of psyop that's making people like question their memories and their eyes and their ears and, you know, their recollections and things. And, you know, that might sound the most extreme out of all these possibilities, you know, to some people. But, you know, with the in the age of the Internet, it's easy to go back and change like little minor things here and there and make people go, oh, my God. And we have a phone call. Hello, caller. Welcome to Get Mad, and tell us where you're from, if you want, and uh, what you'd like to talk about. Yeah, hey, this is uh, Mike from Ohio. Uh, Mike from the OBDM podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that we're at war now, sir. Yeah, it's a radio war. Now, I want to talk about the uh, Mandela effect with you, uh um, so with all the, the, the explanations that you, you ran down, um, I don't know if you mentioned, uh, the simulated reality theory of the Mandela effect. I've come across that and eventually I was going to get to that, but now that you bring it up, why don't, why don't you, uh, tell the folks exactly what you mean? Cause it is endlessly fascinating. Well, I have a, a, a bit of a different view on it. Um, uh, my, my background is in IT and uh, deploying infrastructure, uh, virtual environments. And so if we do live in a simulated reality, uh, a bunch of computer code, well, there are variables in that computer code, and sometimes those variables are global, meaning everyone can access those variables. And if they change, well, sometimes it'll change for everyone. Now, it won't change for everyone. That could be because they were in a different simulation that spun down and got merged with ours. Uh, there's a great book on this called The Simulated Multiverse. Um, it was written by an MIT computer scientist that explores parallel universes. Uh, and he kind of goes into not only is this um, 
possibly a simulation we're living in, but multiple different simulations that once one reaches the end of its simulation, whatever was useful is collapsed into the main one, and it kind of carries on like that as if it's a big uh, tree, a tree branch, or like a Christmas tree, a pine tree, where it the trunk is solid. That's the main timeline, and then you have offshoots, offshoot simulations to learn what may happen, and then eventually it collapses back in and on, on itself. And that might explain why there are things like I remember growing up and watching the Britney Spears uh, music video, Hit Me Baby One More Time, and she was wearing a plaid skirt in the vi- music video that I remember. But if you go back and look now, it's a black skirt. That's right. Um, and even Britney Spears, re- as recently as 2016, she posted up on Instagram of her wearing that exact outfit that she remembers, and she remembers herself wearing a plaid skirt. But in the video, if you try to look now, it's black. There's all these different little minor variables like this. Like this, th- Those are fairly innocuous and yes. not life-changing, but it does make you question what the what are the other big things that we're missing? Yeah, like uh, even just dialogue, like in the movie Jaws. You know, it it changed. I think originally what I uh, what I remember was Roy Scheider backing up and and talking to Quint and saying, uh, you know, we're going to need a bigger boat, as in we're going to need a bigger boat. And now apparently, I could be getting this backwards, but now the dialogue is you're going to need a bigger boat. You know, that's how small it could be. You know. Yeah, and I, I, I won't uh, discount uh, that it could be false memory. Maybe we, I mean, uh, we are horribly, horribly, you know, fallible when it comes to our memory, misremembering things. I do it all the time, but there, there are significant events. Seasons Corner Market has super ways to save all month. Get two 12-ounce of super coffee for $6 and save 10 cents off per gallon of gas. There's always a reason to stop at Seasons where that it just seems like it's ingrained in you and you wouldn't misremember something like that. Um, yeah. But I, I, I lean towards uh, stimulated reality versus some of the other explanations. Like there are um, true forces at play that are, that are doing this to, to just mess with us. It's not, I don't, I'm not discounting it. I just, I lean towards simulated reality. Yeah, no, like I was saying, Mr. Tripoli, uh, actually got me thinking about that in a different way like when you hear about all these psyops that that go on over over decades yeah you know, could that be a way of them just messing with uh you know people you know questioning whether or not they remembered things the right way like i mentioned before false memory syndrome was not an actual syndrome it could be a new high-tech version of that even well, you know, Chris, you you uh, invited me to chime in whenever I felt like. So, guess what? I feel like. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Where's yours? I want to ask Mike a question and you, uh, both of you at the same time. Uh, how about a piecemeal theory here? Because this is what I think is actually happening. <laughs> All right. Uh, there are two very serious. Like there, there are multiple things at play here. And I think confabulation is one of the things that is certainly at play because I can almost certainly trace back most of the elements that people misremember. I can figure out where most of those things came from, like the, the, the inciting event, the Mandela event itself. I know exactly what that was. I know why people did that. 
and I can tell you how it was revised. And your memory at all times is revised. It's subject to revision by new information. I, I think that's been proven repeatedly, right? Or even clouded by other people's uh, testimony, too. Well, but that's the thing. It's subject to new information. So if I start to tell you a story, indeed, Chris, any story, even a story you've never heard before, you'll begin to draw mental pictures. If everybody you know starts to tell you a similar story, you'll draw a more diverse picture, right, in your own mind. Um, if you add it to existing information, you could very easily start to mix things. The Mandela thing is simple. Uh, there was a guy named Stephen Biko who was dead in prison, who did have a similar kind of storyline. He died, and in the 80s, they did a whole huge thing on him, drew attention to him, and also Mandela was released. So this is where you have Mandela's, uh, uh, not widow, but his wife, making statements in public. You have a public display on Mandela. You have the significant event of Mandela. You have a similar guy, storyline-wise, dying in South Africa. Okay, and all of this comes together to create a collective false memory. Um, so this is the way these things are done. Now, on top of it, uh, I'm also one of the believers in the quantum reality, where you have, well, I, I, I can I can tell you this summary story, right? Anecdotally, if I told you, Chris, that I'm very certain that I've probably taken a fatal bullet in my life. You'd say, yeah, I know your life story somewhat, Chuck. I believe you. Um, <laughs> but I'm still here. Right. Okay? So just knowing that, if you take a look at the quantum reality theory where life continues on and it drops into another reality and all this kind of thing, very similar to what Mike was just talking about, where a simulation falls down upon itself, there is nothing stating that all of these things are not occurring at once. And each of these things could be parsed out as a symptom of a multiple, a multifaceted effect. So I want to know from each of you guys, what do you think of that? Is it possible that it's not a matter of either this is true or that is true? But how about there is a combination of these things that has come together, a confluence, if you will, that has caused this to become... Well, an interesting effect that we're now being able to witness due to the fact that we have such quick time communication across the planet. And that's the question I drop to you guys, because ultimately, all together, even though I usually stand by, when, when people ask me about it, I go through the whole, look, this is how you can trace the confabulation of the memory, whether it's Kazam and Shazam, or it's uh, Mandela himself, or it's Kit Kat, or anything else, I can usually find the elements that come in and tell you why they're there. Uh, even that situation with Tiananmen Square, I can tell you what the deal was. There were stories the, uh, about people being run over by tanks that were universally told. Those stories were drawn as mental pictures. The image of the students standing there, the world saw. These things got confabulated together and created various offshoots of the Tiananmen Square concept. And it's no surprise to me that you and your friend could share and have differing things and things like that. Because I've had this happen. Even Aaron Franz uses it as his uh, as his logo. If you, you notice the Age of Transitions logo, absolutely, yeah. So you know, it's one of those things that does stand out. It's iconic and everything else. But again, I think it's a, a multifaceted effect, and it's not something that we need to go. Well, it's either or. It's this or this. It can't be the simulation because no. I think it's actually a, a matter of many of these things holding some element of the truth. 
What do you think about that, Mike, since you're the caller? I would say that uh, you're probably correct. It, it, like with any of these weird phenomenon, it does tend to be a mixture of a lot of different things. Like, for instance, UFO phenomenon. It's not the fact that it's aliens or if it's secret U.S. tech or anything else. It's probably a combination of a lot of different things. And we're trying to just pick one because that's the way our brains work. And I think what you underscored there, uh, Chuck, is that our memories are very malleable and we are very susceptible to brainwash. And we're, we willingly do it to ourselves. And we want to remember something a certain way or retell something that we, we heard someone that we trust say to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that uh, it, it's, it's way more complex than just one answer. And I, you probably nailed it. It's a combination of a lot of different elements. Right. And, Chris, before you answer the question, even tipping the hat to Sam Tripoli's idea, which I find to be one of the weaker ideas, um, Here's the thing. Just because it is a matter of what's going on, look, if a volcano erupts, an intelligence agency will use it, okay? It doesn't mean they caused the volcano to erupt, although they could have. We know about HARP. But I'm saying that just because it's something that is just occurring organically doesn't mean that somebody might not opportunistically attempt to grab it and utilize it as well. So, again, you could drag almost every single one of these things in to some degree, and create a, uh, well, a composite effect explanation. So what do you think about the composite effect, Chris? Well, I think uh, I agree with you. Uh, I forget the uh, person that, that coined the, the term, but uh, any tragedy is an opportunity, right? Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I totally uh, understand that. What I was pointing out what, what Sam had sparked in my brain was just the idea uh, the possibility, because I, I, I was actually really hard on myself after that, because I'm like, oh, I've been studying this for years, and I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even put that together, like that it could be a psyop type situation. So I was usually gravitating when it comes to the Mandela effect. I was usually gravitating towards, you know, either fall, you know, like a collective, uh, you know, false memory, which I do believe happens, like uh, you guys were pointing out. You know, people do m- misremember things Mm -hmm. but you know i don't even i don't shy away from even the cern scenario you know like cern uh, them trying to recreate the the god particle you know in a lab or black holes on earth and thing maybe messing with the fabric of our reality i know that that might seem like a stretch too but like I, i think that the quantum entanglement i think they're very well possibly could be doppelgangers for lack of a better term that we all have on in different you know on different planes of rea- uh, existence mm-hmm. things like that but yeah i think i think you, you both are right it's probably a mixture of all the above and even the simulation theory that kind of goes into like an alternate reality thing just based on the premise right there you know like uh, other realities folding in on each other you know and uh if the quantum entanglement, you know, and believe me, I, I'm well aware that I'm not really qualified to talk about quantum physics here, but um, just the idea that maybe we are sharing memories with our other selves, you know, maybe that's what dreams are, you know, that's a, a topic for a different day, but I've, I have heard that before too, where, mm-hmm. you know, we're sharing, uh, we're actually, our dreams possibly could be memories of our other selves in other realities. 
So I don't know if that answers your question on on my part, Chuck. But no, no. I think you're both probably right. No problem. I just I like presenting this this way because it's just it's really the the correct way to look at it. I think is that there there are multiple things happening here. It's not an either or scenario. We often seek to want to come up with the you know the singular answer. You have another caller, by the way. Um, so I wanted to let you know about that. And uh, with that, I'll shut up. But just a final a final note uh, before I turn you over to the caller. Is is this? Look, it doesn't disqualify any of the possible explanations. If you understand that, you know, and some people have even said to me, "Oh, you know, but I'm a, you know, somebody who believes in God and this and that and God's plan." Well, you know, it, to my mind, why not interpret that as God is a master programmer? Then, right? I mean, that was that would be something right. you'd have to admit to. Uh, so your your idea of God is he's got to be able to handle some computer code. I'm thinking, no matter how complex it is, so why not? Uh, why not that be the instrument, or at least the, the the crudely understood explanation that we can come up with? You know, uh, just like in the old days of the gods are angry, this is why the lightning is rough. You know, the the, the seas are splashing. That's because Poseidon decided to uh, get back at us because we didn't pray hard enough. You know, why not? It it is equally valid as an explanation as we evolve. So uh, again, well, I love the nugget. The, the, I love the nuggets that you were adding there about the possible explanation behind the Mandela, you know, situation itself in the eighties. Because uh, I wasn't privy to any of that. Yeah, I'm that telling you, sense. if you trace any of them back, you'll find that there are little bits and pieces that, if you put them together, like for instance, the the Shazam Kazam thing. Sinbad was well known for wearing those MC Hammer type pants. He wore stuff he like that. So you put that together. With the whole Shaquille O'Neal deal, right? That was Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, so, it was, yeah, Shazam. So, you know, you put that together and boom, there you go. And Shazam, Sinbad, Shaquille, you got three S's. So you also have uh, the, the, the linguistic twist, which often causes confabulation. You know how people go, what, Chris, Kyle, uh, oh, his name's Ken. You know what I'm saying? You, you have things where your memory will struggle with it because it's been subject to so much new information. You have to resort the pattern. And that happens all the time organically, uh, whether you're right. damaged or not. And, uh, you know, people could uh, argue as to how damaged I am. And yet, I can also tell you that firsthand, I do have a memory of taking more than one, uh, I shouldn't have walked away from it fatal event in my life. Yeah, that's, that's true. And why the yeah, hell am I, I still actually, here? I went uh, further with the Shazam thing. I found out that Sinbad did a series of appearances on, I don't know if, if for people out there, if they'll remember this or not, but the cable channel USA used to have a, an up all night, like movie marathon type thing. Gilbert Gottfried was famous for hosting a lot of those. But Sinbad actually dressed up like a genie a couple of times and hosted yep. a bunch of those. So... You know, people could be remembering that as well, and that was in like 1994, I think. And so. and another famous uh, lot of film that went around for a bit, and I don't even know if it exists on YouTube anymore. With the swishy type MC Hammer pants, is from a Showtime special in the 1980s of Sinbad's yeah, a stand-up sure. special. So, I mean, I'm just saying, you start to put these things together, and yeah, uh, again, the human being seeks patterns. We do know this about ourselves from a uh, e e even a, a zoological kind of level, where it's like human beings and their thought processes seek patterns. So right. if you disassemble and reassemble a pattern, much like a jigsaw puzzle, if you do it enough times, any jigsaw puzzle, unless it's made of very, very solid wood, it, the, the, the pieces begin to twist. The picture may change just a bit. 
So there you have it. So with the memory or with reality, either way, reassembling the pattern, look what happens. Plus, on the other hand, I also have this idea about the collapsing simulation, which Mike just gave the most eloquent explanation of that I ever heard. So excellent stuff there. So you want to go to your caller now and get me off the mic? Well, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a break. But I want to give uh, Mike a chance just to uh, have any comments on what you uh, just said. And also, if I know Mike is actually doing his show right now, so that's why we're kind of doing like a radio war thing, which, uh, uh, you know, being a fan of the old Howard Stern show, I love the hell out of. Uh, ah. Mike, uh, do you have any thoughts on what Chuck was saying? Oh, Mike might have hung up. All right. Hey, look, he has a show to do. <laughs> so, Well, no, I really appreciate Mike uh, making an appearance. And uh, right now he he's on uh, our, our big our big dumb mouth podcast right now. When I had him on recently, uh, a Digging Chris Graves episode, that was really cool. And we were talking about all kinds of things, UFOs, Bigfoot, and everything in between, even uh, some Mandela Effect type stuff. So uh, check out his podcast, and uh, I hope to uh, hope to talk to him again about an FBI file I found out uh, existed on Sasquatch. So uh, yeah, so before uh, if the caller can just hold on, we take our break, and then we'll go right to the caller when we come back. If, that, if that's cool, with yeah, everyone. that sounds great. Hey, one quick question though, since you brought up the uh, UFO files, you, you have read the one uh, where Guy Bannister goes and looks at the uh, UFO uh, encounter when he was with the FBI, right? Yeah, Guy Bannister and Jack Martin of the J, uh, JFK assassination fame. They apparently they were the originators of the X Files, and I did I did uh, some research on those two characters, and that was very fascinating stuff. Well, and Richard Allen Miller uh, on my show declared that he was a massive uncredited contributor as well. Just so you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there you go. And that's in the archives, right, Chuck? <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. So, so we're going to take a break. So, caller, uh, whoever you are, uh, we'll get right to you when we come back. What caused the Mandela Effect? The Mandela Effect is an incredible series of changes to our past, present, and future that we can't control or explain. Things remembered one way are now completely different. Why is this happening? The possible list of explanations could be endless. So in this new series, I'm going to take one possible cause per episode and do my best to explain it. Today's explanation for the Mandela Effect is quantum immortality. Quantum immortality is the concept that your mind and your consciousness will transport itself to an alternate reality when faced with imminent demise. This mind and conscious shift to an alternate reality is necessary to survive otherwise fatal events. In simple terms, right as you die, your mind and consciousness transfers to an alternate reality where it gets to keep living. Within that alternate reality, there are bound to be slight changes. This theory relies on the concept of infinite parallel universes. So for every change that you could possibly imagine, both big and small, an alternate universe exists. Quantum immortality is truly horrifying, among other things, in the sense that every Mandela effect change you've ever experienced comes from you not existing originally in this reality. According to this, your physical body has potentially died countless times, and your mind and consciousness refuse to accept that reality. Another scary hypothetical that comes with this theory is that everyone you know and love isn't actually who you know and love. 
The original people that you cared for existed only in the past lives where you died. The life that you inhabit now is filled with alternate versions of your loved ones. You may still love them, they may still love you, but they are not the original ones that you loved. Creepier still, how are you fitting into this new timeline? Are you replacing yourself? Was there a consciousness before you arrived and you took its place? Was it a blank slate? Did you kill an alternate reality mind and consciousness to be that you? There are so many questions to this, and it creates so many nightmare scenarios. It really is a terrifying possibility. But all of this creepy nightmare hypotheticals aside, this theory does bring some hope. If the quantum immortality theory is correct, then you would potentially never experience death. Your life would continue on indefinitely. So as long as you ignore all the horror, quantum immortality doesn't sound so bad. But what do you think? What's the most likely cause of the Mandela effect in your mind? As these episodes go on, I hope to cover all of the different hypotheticals, and one day I'll put... You are listening to Get Mad with Chris Graves. Gold, silver, the stock market. WallStreetWindow.com. Perhaps you're invested deeply. Perhaps you're not in deep enough. Maybe you're thinking about getting started. WallStreetWindow.com. Michael Swanson, the brilliant author of The War State, understood these trends professionally for many years, and now he gives you the benefit of his knowledge. WallStreetWindow.com. Go there now. Go there now. Go there now. Go ahead, caller. Yeah, I'm interested in the truth about the JFK assassination. Right. Well, what do you want to know? Judy Baker's wild claim. Oswald girlfriend. He knew Ruby and Barry. Cancer weapons. Really? I imagine I could claim I have four wheels. It doesn't make me a wagon, but okay. Oswald was on the building and trying to prevent the murder of John Kennedy. Come on now. Has a real effort on the JFK assassination built into her claims? Go to Amazon.com. Enter Judith Baker in her own words. You'll get results for a digital copy of a book where Walt Brown utilizes her own words and the known evidence in the case to get at, well, <laughs> a different perspective, let's say. You can get Judith Barry Baker in her own words from the author himself, signed, if you request it, by contacting Dr. Brown at K-I-A-S-J-F-K at AOL.com. It's a fun book, and it actually dissects the many, many fantastic claims. Judith Barry Baker in her own words. Thank you for all the great information. Ochelli.com Revelation through conversation. Welcome back to Get Mad with Chris Graves. I am Chris Graves. We have a caller on the phone, 
And we also have a another clip. We should play the, the clip uh, real quick, and then we'll get to the caller. We are going to die out here. Someone will find us soon. We're lost, we're out of food and water, and our phones are dead. Well, I've got 5% left, but I'm saving it for wow days at BJ's Wholesale Club. Are you kidding me? No, it's their three-day event where you save up to 65% on appliances, tech, furniture, and outdoor products. But I should probably call for help. Wait, do they have air fryers? Save up to 65% during wow days at BJ's Wholesale Club July 10th through the 12th. Visit bj's.com slash wow days for details. BJ's, absurdly simple savings. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's not in here either. But, Walter, what I don't understand is how this guy knew about your secret rendezvous. Who cares about any of that, Scully? I can't find the lost Martian. When, when he said that that episode of The Twilight Zone didn't exist, that's when I knew he was a crazy person. It's a classic. So I came over and I checked my box DVD set and it wasn't on there. I checked all my episode guidebooks, no mention of it. I had to search out a lot, nothing. So now I'm going through my tapes because I'm sure I recorded it at some point. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Or... Confuse The Twilight Zone with The Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Can we talk about this over dinner? Please. Uh, I'm not going to be able to eat until I find this ever again. It can't be that good of an episode. It's it's not about the episode, Scully. It's about my memory of seeing my first Twilight Zone. It changed me. You don't forget that. I was eight years old. My parents let me stay up till midnight because that was back in the day when it only aired, you know, late at night on some local channel. Wait, what? My name's not Buddy. Wait. What? Now I get it. <laughs> I remember it all so clearly. As if it just happened. Anyway, here we go. Let's get to our, our caller now. Caller, where are you calling from and how you doing? Oh, calling from the great state of Michigan. Doing good. Yeah, how's the weather out there? Uh, today's in the 60s. I think after this, it picks up into the 80s for a while. Wow, that's that's fantastic. So, what do you? So, uh, Jimmy James, everybody, you have. Uh, what's your favorite Mandela effect, or have you had any experiences with the Mandela effect in your own personal life? I have. I could give you, I was wanting to give an example of two. One that I can explain and one that I cannot. Yeah, please do. I, I, I believe me, I'm the edge of my seat here. <laughs> all right. This isn't a trick question at all. Chuck, who was the 32nd president? The 32nd president? Yes. His full name, please. Uh, Harry S. Truman, right? 
No, FDR. Oh, FDR, sorry. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Okay, that's the full name. Okay. Now, now, now uh, Chris, wh- who do you think was the 32nd president? Please say his whole name. Oh, let me think. Chuck was correct. It is FDR. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean... I'll be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have gotten that, and that's a uh, shame on me. Well, does it make sense to you, though, Chris, that FDR is the, the that president? Because, you know, after Jimmy James corrected me, I went, oh, yeah, that's right, because, you know, 35th is Kennedy, 34th, right? So I went backwards, and I said, okay, I know where that goes. I, I was never good at putting them in order, Jimmy James, to be honest with you, because I always well, got confused. Well, wasn't FDR the only? Hold on. Okay. Let's not get our. I haven't even told you the thing yet. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm just explaining. I wanted to point Would you ask me something real quick? Oh, yeah. to clarify. Was FDR yeah. the only sitting president to have four terms? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure of that. But uh, no, the, the reason was I remembered that uh, there was a succession there, and so that that's what I recall also. Right is that uh, Truman took over at one point. So I got a little confused there for a second, but I'm saying to myself, okay, well, Franklin Delano Roosevelt makes sense. So there you go, because you got to go three presidents back. That's the part that interests me, is how people say his name, is what I'm actually was trying to get at. Ah. The man's name was not Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The man's name was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The man's wife's name was Eleanor. And somehow during the radio age, people's ears played tricks with them. Over and over they would hear, here comes Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt. Pretty soon the man's name became Franklin Delanor Roosevelt. But it's not. And that's funny because that's very clean. You're right. And that's funny (laughs) because that's just the way I said it too. Because I'm somebody who listened to a lot of old time radio broadcasts. And uh, I, I exactly just screwed up FDR's name, didn't I? <laughs> so there you Everyone go. Everyone does. Everyone that, does. That's the thing, Chuck. Everyone does it and doesn't even realize it. But that's where I I kind of theorized it happened was during radio days. Yeah, see, now there's an example of confabulation because our grandparents or our parents or, who you know, depending on how old you are, or great-grandparents, right, uh, had heard it that way, and they said it that way. So, and and if you're just saying it, you got the D right, you definitely got the sound right, so it sounds close enough. Most people wouldn't even question it. It would just fly right by, right? But you're right, it ends with an O if you look at it written down, right? Right. There is no R. The man's name is not Delanor. It's just Delano. Right. Delano. <laughs> well, that's yeah. one, one I can't now I have one that I cannot explain. Excellent. Wow. Now this one is a personal one. Does it makes no sense to me? I, I subscribe to a thing called celebrity celebrity death beeper or some such thing, and it just sends an email when someone dies, you know. And once several years ago, I got one of these for someone called. Vera Lynn to which I said 
who in the hell is Vera Lynn? I didn't even know who it was. Mm. So I had to look it up. Okay, can, can you hang on a second? Hang on a second, Jimmy James. Famous World War II song, huh? Well, hang on a second, Jimmy James. Hold on. Let's just see if either Chris or I, because let, let's organically do this in real time. Does that name ring any kind of bell to you, Chris? Uh, it doesn't ring a bell, but I think he just let it slip that it had something to do with the World War II. Well, I was trying to stop him. Yeah, that's why I was trying to stop him, so he wouldn't even give us a hint. But even with his hint, to be honest with you, Never I, heard of I can't flesh her out. Uh, like, it doesn't jump to my mind that this is a celebrity for any reason. Okay, just saying. Uh, I don't know where Jimmy's going with this, but I'm just saying. Uh, it doesn't jump out to me at all that that would even be, like today, by the way, sadly, Tina Turner died. Right? Tina Turner, I was going to say that, yeah. So, you know, that name, I know who that is. I know precisely who that is. And uh, so does probably almost anybody listening to this show, unless you're, you know, 20 years old or something, and you're going, who? Uh, she on the Kardashians? Yeah, I know. But but uh, if, if you're older than 30, I'm definitely sure you know who Tina Turner was. Now was. Um, okay. Well, so, what's that to do with it, Chuck? Exactly. So so go ahead, Jimmy James. Tell us about this this person. You were saying something about World War, and then I cut you off. Go ahead. Well, right. It, the name w means nothing to you or me. It wouldn't, really. But So I had to look it up, because I had no idea who this person was. And then when I looked it up, I kind of knew her work, because her big song was I'll Be Seeing You, which was the end of Dr. Strangelove. She sang that song. Oh, it was very yeah. big and... Yeah, I'll be seeing you. Vera Lynn, she was real big in World War II, but then just quit her career. She just kind of faded away. So life. I got this email. Yeah, so it said Vera Lynn, like 100 years old, famous, and it said she passed, okay. And like I said, I had no idea, so I had to look her up. Okay, so all of a sudden... Three, four years later, here I get the same email. Vera Lynn has died at age 103, to which I said, okay. Hmm. Well, now, did, did the age advance, or did she die at the same age again? Did, did she, like, die at 101, and then two years later die at 103? I believe the age advanced. Hmm. So, as but if I, she I, died... See, now, I saved it. Go ahead. Interestingly, somewhere I have this email saved, and I am going to find that thing. <laughs> okay. Huh. So, and then had compared the two. Now, other people have reported stuff like this before on more big-name celebrities. And to be honest with you, I've even done it a couple of times where a, a big celebrity death is reported, Chris. And yeah. I go, wait a minute. I thought that guy, that woman, whatever, was already dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? I've done that quite a few times. Yeah, like, wait a minute, didn't that person die a couple of years back? And then you go look, and no, they didn't, but somehow you think that they did. Like, I thought Sean Connery died quite a while ago, and apparently it was not that long ago. Hmm. There you go. And, you know, just this week, I already had somebody come to me saying that they thought Jimmy Carter had already died. I've heard that, too, yeah. 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 And uh, I think he just has cancer, right? Yeah, well, no, he's sick at home and, like, on his way out, in you know, here in yeah. Georgia, uh, you know, a couple of towns north of me. But uh, but, but that's the interesting thing. He's dying, but not yeah, dead not uh, at the moment. 
Well, uh, this, this is not really a Mandela effect thing, but it is creepy. I, I do remember uh, it being reported that Stormy Daniels had passed away a couple of times or during that whole fiasco with Trump. Like, I don't mean this past year, but like in 2016, 2017, I remember being reported a couple of times. But mm-hmm. that, you know, that could just be like these um, these spam Spam type things too. And nowadays you have like joke websites that create all kind, you know, way beyond the onion where you have these things that, you know, and if you scroll all the way to the bottom, it says, you know, for entertainment purposes only. One night, one night somebody called into one of my radio shows. It was one of the funniest episodes ever where apparently a woman had had sex with a dolphin. Um, and this was reported and and they were reading from this and it seemed like a legitimate news story that she had, you know, worked at one of those aquariums, you know. Yeah. And uh, she had gotten busted uh, making it with the uh, with, with the star attraction. She flipped uh, for flipper, huh? Yeah, right. And uh, you know, uh, no. Wow. And, and the funny thing was, I think it was a walrus uh, or, or something. Like it was one of these aquatic animals. And I'm going, what the hell? And it was like this news story for a minute. And you know, they they shared it with me. It looked like a TV station of some kind had reported yeah. on it. It was a Georgia story. And uh, when I dug into it, I couldn't find it being reported anywhere else. And then I discovered on the website, it says toward the bottom, you know, this website is purely entertainment. There is, you know, <laughs> and and then you go reading the rest of the news stories and it's, you know, uh, crazy stuff, just wild, you know, like just made up crazy stuff. And it's like, oh, OK, so what I got is hit with a, a joke website. But yeah. But no, literally though, other people remember stuff like, like you said uh, about the Mandela thing itself, right? Where they're like, no, I saw it on CNN. You know, it wasn't like on, uh, you know, fakenewsstation.com or whatever. So. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, no, I just, I just thought I'd throw that in there. And uh, of course it's your show, so I'll shut up again, but I just. No, 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 no shut up. No, no, there's no need to shut up. But, uh, hey, Jimmy, uh, can we play a couple more of these clips and then we'll come right back to you? Absolutely. All right. All right, Chuck. Let's uh, continue. Uh, I think there's only a couple left, and then I think there's the Ed McMahon of it all. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me get this straight. When, when it cools, it forms into three different layers with three different textures, all from the same mix. How has this never been an X-File? I have such wonderful memories associated with it. I remember my mom making it. I remember family vacations over the summer holidays and Fourth of July, fireworks, America, God, love. That's some jello. I mean, just the cherry flavor, the lemon lime tastes like leprechaun taint. But I, I have literally been looking for this for decades. But every time I look for Gupo ABC, everyone says, no, you must be thinking about jello one, two, three. Leprechaun taint, folks. All right, let's play the last X-File clip, and then I'm going to ask Jimmy James and Mr. Chocolatelli what they remember about Ed McMahon. Right. Well, look, I I wanted to just pop at that one point. If you want to continue the clip, we can. But I, I really needed to get bonus points for the phrase "leprechaun taint." I'm sorry. I'm going to get that as a T-shirt. Uh, hey, go go right on ahead. I'm sure it has not yet been copywritten. But do you want to play the rest of the clip, or you want to skip? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We can skip to the last one because uh, yeah, she leprechaun taint. You can't really top. Right. Okay. Fair enough. It's the Mandela effect. What do you mean? When someone has a memory of something that's not shared by the majority or the factual record. For instance, there are some people that have a memory of seeing a movie called 
Shazam starring Sinbad as an irrepressible genie, even after it's pointed out to them that they're probably thinking of a movie called Kazam starring Shaquille O'Neal as an irrepressible genie, especially because a movie called Shazam was never made. But what if I don't remember either movie? You win! But Mulder, isn't your false Twilight Zone memory also a Mandela effect? No, because my false memory is real. But again, how does this mystery guy whose fingerprints came up with nothing, how does he even know about these, these secret memories of ours? You can ask him yourself tonight. I already taped it next to the window this morning. But that's your secret rendezvous signal. I don't want to intrude. He clearly wants you involved, Scully. Come on, it'll be like a date. Anyway, so Jimmy James, what do you what do you specifically remember about Ed McMahon besides being Johnny Carson's uh, sidekick in Star Search, of course? I'd always refer to the fact that he was in the publisher's clearinghouse. And in fact, I remember very clearly an episode where Johnny Carson turned to him and said, Thank you, Ed. I got your letter. I'm so happy to know that I may, I too may be the next publisher's clearinghouse winner. I remember that clip as well. And even Johnny Carson himself went on the David Letterman show and gave Dave an Ed McMahon publishers clearinghouse oversized check. We are going to die out here. Someone will find us soon. We're lost. We're out of food and water and our phones are dead. Well, I've got 5% left, but I'm saving it for wow days at BJ's wholesale club. Are you kidding me? No, it's their three day event where you save up to 65% on appliances, tech, furniture, and outdoor products. But I should probably call for help. Wait, do they have air fryers? Save up to 65% during Wild Days at BJ's Wholesale Club July 10th through the 12th. Visit BJ's.com slash Wild Days for details. BJ's, absurdly simple savings. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it was a big, huge hurrah, big joke. Chuck, what do you think about all that? I know you're more, you're, you got an analytical eye about it, man. You know, we can have a little fun with it. You know? Well, I, I could see again how multiple things could be true, right? Where if you're doing comedy bits and people are talking about it afterwards, like even in the you 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 have a clip that you're going to play here where I've had other people show it to me and I go, yeah, but that doesn't really definitively say that he right. remembers being part of Publishers Clearinghouse. Now, was he part of something where his face was out there and he was knocking on people's doors? Well, yeah, because uh, when he was doing that bloops bleeps and blunders show or whatever with freaking. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Dick Clark. Yeah. Um, you know, there there were various bits they did. Man on the street stuff. All kinds of things where Ed could have been seen as doing all sorts of things. Uh, and clearly the publisher's clearinghouse thing was a big deal. Uh, we were inundated by it in the days of, you know, still 
other broadcast TV outside of the digital signals. So, I mean, there's lots of ways to confabulate it. And the idea that he's being asked about giving away money, Ed McMahon gave away money in different capacities at different times. Okay? So, there's lots of ways. Well, including Star Search, and Sinbad comes back up, because he was like well, one of the biggest Star Search winners, right? He kept winning as the stand-up comedian, like, for, for yeah. I don't know how long. How many times did he win? I don't know for a fact, but yeah, he was on there quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's pretty much what launched Sinbad's career, too. So, here we go again. Sinbad comes back in. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, I'm, but again, I think it's multiple Ray Romano got the lowest mark ever for comedian on Star Search, two point five. Oh yeah, well if you if you go back over Star Search, you can find a whole bunch of people that lost that wound up having good careers that were just blown off the stage and it was terrible. Oh, uh, and a serial rapist comedian too, by the way. Oh yeah, well you know you want to get into the world of game shows and deviants. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. I mean, everything Those from the serial killers. Even. <laughs> yeah, the dating game killer, right? There, there's one guy called the dating game killer, even right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so you know, you never know what well, you're gonna what, get. Just in the uh, just uh, sure. just for t- for time's sake. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. What were you saying? No, go ahead, Chris. All right, let's play the the. Uh, there's only two more clips, right? Uh, Right, Chuck? Yeah, we, we have two more clips since we've set up Ed McMahon rather well here. Uh, okay. maybe, maybe you want to explain the one. The one clip I was talking about where there was a bit of controversy, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just set it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, please. You know, and, and people have played this for me before. See, see, he remembers giving the check. And, uh, and I go, no, he doesn't remember giving a publisher's clearinghouse check here. He's saying that he gave away money. He's saying that he knocked on people's doors, which he did in various capacities. Uh, and it's from the, uh, uh, an interview with Tom Green, of all people, which, you know, look, if you're if you're looking for Tom Green to check your facts, I mean, uh, good luck. Um, but, uh, you know, just all saying... All I'm going to say is, Freddie got fingered. Oh, good God. Um, and, and, yeah, with that, I guess we'll just roll the clip. Ability to manipulate memory creates unlimited power. Political, economical, cultural, runs the gamut from Holocaust denial to corporate product recognition. We went up to some guys and I, uh, I asked them if they had anything they wanted to say to you and yeah. I had, I didn't really connect what they were talking about. They started saying that you owed the money for a check or something like that. And I wasn't thinking oh, of yeah, well, yeah. clearinghouse. I, I, I know those guys and they're, they're still waiting for their money. Uh, yeah. Do you have a clip of that there, Logan? Now really quickly, Chris, he said, Tom Green said Publishers Clearinghouse, but Ed McMahon did not, just to be clear for people listening on on radio, okay? All right, with that, I'll rejoin the clip. Sorry, but I just wanted to make that clear. That's why I said it, because now somebody just heard, oh, I just heard him say, but that's Tom Green saying Publishers Clearinghouse. And, okay, just to be clear, now back to the clip. What's your name now, sir? Chuck. Chuck. And what yes. are you doing today on uh, Hollywood Boulevard? Absolutely nothing. Trying to look beautiful. Okay. Awesome. What, yeah. What's your name, sir? My name's Mark. Mark. Now, you know who I have on my show tonight? No, but I love Ed hear. McMahon is on my show tonight really? for a full hour. You want to say something, Ed McMahon? I do. Ed, I'm still waiting for my check, and I'm kind of bitter that, you know, I haven't received it yet. I hope it's 10 plus because I've been waiting a long time. What do you mean? Why do you need a check from Ed McMahon? 
Because he owes me money. No, I don't think it's 50 bucks. No, yeah. You got him on your show tonight. Ed, if you try to BS him on the show tonight, no, he's not going to. Ed is, does not owe no, you money. No. Ed was 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 hosting, you know, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson for 30 years. He doesn't owe outstanding debts to you guys. I don't think so, man. <laughs> tell him that he, if you run into him again, tell him he came in second. Yeah. He was that close. Yeah, he could have won the money. You would actually walk up to people's doorsteps and give them the check? Oh, yeah, sure. You would actually walk up to people's doorsteps and give them the check? Oh, yeah. You would actually walk up to people's doorsteps and give them the check? Oh, yeah, sure. How many times did you present someone with a well, million dollars? I gave away $110 million. $110 million. Yeah. How good must have that felt? Oh, it's wonderful. We had to have a nurse in residence. Are you kidding me? It's a wonderful feeling. You know, to, to give somebody a million dollars. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. What would people would just sort of oh, overwhelm with joy? They and... almost faint. They would almost faint, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's quite a thrill to come up and hand somebody a million dollars. You know, those giant checks. Uh-huh. You know, it's quite a thrill to come up and hand somebody a million dollars. You know, those giant checks. You would actually walk up to people's doorsteps and give them, give them the... There you go. All right. We got one more clip, and... uh I think, right? And uh, Yeah, we do. That, this one's a little different, but yeah, set it up. This one is a skit where he has has some fun with the perception that he worked for a publisher's clearinghouse. So he was in on the joke at the end, so make make it, uh, make whatever you, you know, think for yourselves. Uh, Mr. DeBruzzo, I'm Ed McMahon, and we're Ed, signing up you're people Ed for. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Murphy, Ed McMahon, uh, we're starting up. No, 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 no. Dreams no. really do come it, true. Oh, but dinero, dinero. No, 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 no. Yes, Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. Yes, Ed McMahon. We're having our first ever. Ed McMahon. Yes. Tuesday night at the high school. We're starting up the neighborhood watch in this area, and here's all the information. Stevie. Get down here, please. No, we just hit. It's just it's five, six, seven, eight. No tango to now. Neighborhood watch. We're having this neighborhood watch. The first one. Right. Larry, uh, I, I'll come back. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Start a neighborhood watch. It's just one of the many ways you can help make America stronger. To find out how, call or log on for this free guide. So there you have it. The Mandela effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> Now, in case you missed it because you're lacking the visuals, a whole bunch of different people just flipping out because Ed McMahon is standing there with a clipboard knocking on people's doors. Uh, and that was so it. That is, I know you probably will disagree with me. I won't, I won't speak for you, but I'm, I'm thinking I remember as a child this clown going and giving oversized checks to a whole bunch of people during my Saturday morning cartoons. And... Uh, I guess I had it all wrong. I don't know. <laughs> hey, look, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to speak for what's in your head. That's for sure. Jimmy James, what, what is your thoughts on Ed McMahon and all this? Yeah. It could happen to you. Oh, yeah, he was always giving out those checks. He's a publisher, man. <laughs> Through and through, but so you do you do know there's an alternate company that he worked for that kind of did a similar thing, right? All right, Chuck. Now you're ruining the. Uh, <laughs> now you're ruining it. 
<laughs> and it wasn't Publishers Clearinghouse, but it might as well have been because it was like American Publisher or something like this. And America's fam- Family Publisher. America's yeah. Family Publisher, yeah. And it was like, oh, well, that's... And, and like I say, every time you look at this... Like the Kit Kat thing. Uh, it's because of an animated, you know, graphic that put the wafer in the Kit Kat bar. Right? Well, that's totally a DARPA State Department side up. Uh, okay. By that. Fine, fine. You, you, you win. What can I say? But, but anyway, folks. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy James, final thoughts? <laughs> well, my final thought is, like Chuck said, I think there are many things that make up what has come to be known as the Mandela Effect, or possibly the Mandela Effect, or even more possibly the Mandalay Effect. Good day. Well, yeah. The Mangala Effect was actually in one of the uh, X-File clips uh, towards the end there. The guy starts getting twisted out of shape. He goes, it's not Mandela, it's the Mangala Effect. As in Doctor Mengele, the Angel of Death from World War Two. Right, and then uh, and then even the mention of Occam's Razor. He goes, "Oh no, that's not Occam's Razor. Occam's axe, <laughs> Occam's axe, or whatever." And it's like, okay, okay. Have you ever yeah, met somebody on Occam's ass? <laughs> let me let me ask you this in closing, though, Chris. Have you ever met somebody who just is a little bit off on every single thing they say? I mean, like they're they're you just my father. Uh, no, I don't think so. But you, you never can tell. For it. <laughs> but have you ever met somebody who, I swear, like every single thing, pretty much they'll say, they'll, they'll go through a whole discussion, and then at the very end, they'll just derail into some de facto strangeness, and you go, wait a minute. You had everything right up to that point, and then you ultimately came to a crazy conclusion, or you ultimately came to something that's just a little bit off. Something is wrong here, right? Yeah, uh, George Carlin had a whole bit at the very end. Can I say the S word? Yeah, of course. Is that going to put? Okay, he goes. Ah, he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, either this guy's crazy or he's full of shit. Uh, no, I, I and I love that bit too. But um, and that's another funny thing is I've had people misquote George Carlin to me. You know, because they change the quotes over time, and that's the other thing is you hear well, they, people well, talking. They mix, uh, Bill, Bill, uh, Bill Hicks is thing with him and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's you know, and and because people often point to the Star Wars, right? You know, uh, Luke, I no, am your I father. am your father. <laughs> okay, so and and but the thing is, what did people do when they stepped out of there and we didn't have, you know, the internet and somebody immediately captured it on their phone and all those things, right? We had people that would talk about it. Yeah. And what do you get? The guy who's either full of shit has a bad memory or or what have you, or right? all of the above. Yeah. Or all you know of the what? Above. That went so crazy. That example went so crazy that even James Earl Jones himself remembers saying, "Luke, I am your father." But, see, now, here here we go with confabulation. James Earl Jones could have said 8,000 lines that never made yeah, it into well, the movie. Ten different takes, yeah. Different takes, mistakes, everything else. So oh, yeah. him remembering or trying to remember what he actually said and what ended up in the movie, unless he's yeah. a fan of watching his own movies, <laughs> eh, not necessarily true. You see what I mean? Because it could have been a, a thousand things, as you and I both well know. Uh, you know, like, for instance, one of your favorite movies of all time, Clerks. Yeah, okay. Right. 
when that thing was first released, it was on a videotape, okay? No DVD, a videotape. I all had right? it, yep. And um, hardly anybody knew at all that there was an alternate ending that was filmed where the clerks get shot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... And, and nobody and knew they that. Even, they even play that up in Clerks 3 now, too. Right, right. And But the funny thing is, if you would have asked, say, you know, Kevin Smith, or if you would have asked anybody who participated in that, uh, you know, was there a scene where the clerks got shot? They might remember it that way and say, yes, there was, even though it was not part of what people saw in the movie theater, right? That's right. So I'm just saying, again, you know, you could have had all levels of confabulation. Uh, you know where? Uh, are you telling me that there were there weren't only four people in the limo in Dallas? That's another one, right? <laughs> that one I really can't. <laughs> that one I really can't understand. So you know, and and my next question is: so you remember a situation where there was no John Connolly, right? Exactly, or Nelly? <laughs> yeah. So there's no John Connolly in your scenario. So there's no governor getting wounded also along with JFK. Nope. And, you know, here we go again. There are people that swear, and I have talked to them straight face. People that swear they saw it live on TV. That's where I was going. And you know what? They didn't. It wasn't possible. The Zapruder film and everything else, whenever that was broadcast, didn't happen until the 70s. Very simple. 1975. That's right. And previous to that, if you saw the Zapruder film, you either saw, you know, stills or clips or whatever... Uh, you might have seen part of the bootleg copy that was made after 68, et cetera, et cetera, but there was no way in hell that you saw or broadcast you, that Or day. you were in, at, in the jury for the Clay Shaw trial. Well, that's a possibility, too. And, and again, still images were used from everything on TV that day. But, right. you know, you, you have no motion picture, no live coverage of it. As far as anything anybody's ever recovered, and believe me, I've been through hours and hours and hours of all the original footage. Uh, whether it's local Dallas or the stuff that was, uh, you know, shared between different cities, I can even account for differences if you're in different regions of the country as to what you saw. Um, and here's the thing. There was no way that you heard or saw that happen live. They were not broadcasting. It's just that simple. That's right. I think even Mary Mormon's Polaroid was shown on the news hours later, right? Um, there's some question about it because okay. of the confiscation. I mean, she was shown on the news almost immediately. Yeah, uh, but I mean her photograph, actually. I remember seeing it still somewhere in a book or something where it was the Mormon Polaroid being shown to the news cameras well, and, hours later. And uh, Abraham you know. Zapruder accounted for his film before he ever saw it on TV. That's right. Yeah. Uh, where the where, and and by the way, that the the newsman in Dallas, out of breath, sits there and goes, we're, "We're trying to process the film right now. We're going to get it on the air." They did not. They could not because they were incapable of the process. And um, they were. That's the same newsman that talked to the Newmans too, right? Yes, he talked to the that's Newmans. It. He pulled all kinds of people into the studio. He's one of the very original. I, I believe it's KTLA or KTLX. I, you know, don't quote yeah. me on that. But uh, not Dan Rather. It was another guy who was immediately dragging people into a studio at a table, and he brought most of the first-hand witnesses that he could get his hands on into the studio as soon as he could get them out of uh, Sheriff Decker's hands. Um, That's right. And that just shows that, yes, the, uh, the, the JFK assassination was not broadcast live. Right. Just that simple. 
And on that note, uh, this is a pretty cool episode. Uh, shout out to uh, Mike from our Big Dumb Mouth podcast and uh, Jimmy James for calling in. And thank you again to my super producer, Mr. Chuck O'Chelly. Chuck, we have some uh, some hats coming up soon, right? For uh, like, How does that all work? Because you can ah, explain a lot better than me. Absolutely. Look, what we're going to have is thank you packages, swag bags, if you will, that are going to go out to supporters of the network. And here's the interesting thing. Uh, let's just say you already supported a couple of years ago the O'Chelly Effect Network when I only had my own hat to sell. Now I have the artwork from each of the shows that is broadcast on the network currently. Uh, and you can choose which show you want to rep out there. So if you've already got no Chelly hat or you want another one, uh, guess what? It's not the same hat. They're all different designs. They all have variations. There are only a couple of them, uh, usually one, two, or now three of a kind. I got a mistake in the mail, uh, just the other day. I got a three of a kind, but there's only a few of each kind and you can choose which show. So that means, if you love Get Mad with Chris Graves, there is a Get Mad with Chris Graves hat you can request as part of your thank you. And uh, we're asking that people drop in 50 bucks. And I'm coming up with a um, a smaller level donation for something else maybe. But uh, I, I think that's where we're at with inflation. You're not just going to get a hat for 50 bucks, by the way. We're not selling you a hat. We're giving it to you as a thank you. And there will be other things, uh, a swag bag, which might actually include a bag. Because we have tote bags, we have some T-shirts, we have uh, uh, RFID protectors. Um, I'm working on wallets, believe it or not, uh, which might have a little special surprise in them. Uh, the plan is uh, wallet and a small bar of silver, maybe. Uh, hey, what about a uh, Alex J. Uh, Heidel uh, ID in the wallet? <laughs> <laughs> Don't spoil it for him. Um yeah, there might be a couple of things in there. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stick a, uh, custom made Ace of Spades, Ocelli Effect Ace of Spades in there. Um, but along with a, a small silver bar, that's what I'm working on, but it hasn't been offered just yet. But, uh, there could be a hoodie in there. There could be a mouse pad in there. Uh, I am going to choose the other stuff, deck of cards, uh, various other things, but you get to choose the hat you want. So if you want Age of Transitions hat, Uncle the Podcast hat, Ocelli Effect hat, Get Mad with Chris Graves hat. Um, if you drop in 50 bucks or more, you will get, at the very least, your choice of a hat and a bundle of other stuff sent to you in the mail for a thanks for doing so. And uh, we need your support at all times. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Chris, how's that? That sounds fantastic. It sounds like a good deal. And uh, also, folks, we need a little help. Uh, we have a good, uh, a very good friend, Uncle, uh, Uncle the Podcast, trying to persuade Sergeant Slaughter of WWF, WWE fame. Or I don't know if he made it quite to WWE, but we're just trying to hook him up with Uncle for uh, an awesome episode of Uncle the Podcast. So, you know, without being, you know, rude or without, uh, you know, bothering the guy, maybe, uh, tweet to, uh, Sergeant Slaughter and say how much that, that, that would be a great idea. I think it'd be, uh, a nice gesture and, uh, just throwing it out there. And also Chuck has an amazing guest coming up tonight. And when you hear her name, just know he's, it, I'm not referring to myself. He will be interviewing Sugar Tits. So <laughs> stay tuned for that at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, folks. And uh, until we uh, speak again, just remember.
We are gonna die out here. Someone will find us soon. We're lost, we're out of food and water, and our phones are dead. Well, I've got 5% left, but I'm saving it for wow days at BJ's Wholesale Club. Are you kidding me? No, it's their three-day event where you save up to 65% on appliances, tech, furniture, and outdoor products. But I should probably call for help. Wait, do they have air fryers? Save up to 65% during wild days at BJ's Wholesale Club July 10th through the 12th. Visit BJ's.com slash wild days for details. BJ's. Absurdly simple savings. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.